Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. What's up, guys? Let's go over the event schedule here first. I got the Fambundant Solar Eclipse Adventure, August 17th to 22nd. Special guest, Caleb Maddox. He's an incredible 15-year-old. He's got a massive, massive YouTube following. If your kids are not following Caleb Maddox, they need to. He will be there with his father. He is an incredible guy. Also, I got uh, the Tribal Gathering in Austin, Texas. Just announced Tucker Max. Uh, he wrote a couple books. One is Assholes Finish First and Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. Not necessarily the role model that uh, we want all you guys to follow. But, you know, you either love him or hate him. If you hate him, uh, maybe because he probably gave you or your spouse some sort of venereal disease. Allegedly, uh, he has uh, thrown away his behaviors and he is now a serious businessman and family man and you have an ability to talk to him in an intimate setting uh, get to know him he's got this company book in a box where he's creating books for people now that can sell a ton and for all the controversy that he did cause he sold a ton probably an incredible amount of books an incredible amount of books his first book was on new york times bestseller list like a very very long time so that is going to be happening then and then we got the couples trip again, you know, might be one spot there. Reach out to Melanie and find out, out about that. And we got South Africa, probably a spot or two. If anybody you know is interested, depending on if this lodge we're staying at is full or not, but uh, you can reach out to Melanie about that. That is going to be a crazy, crazy trip. We got 15 GoBros already signed up for 10 days in South Africa. Amazing. And then, of course, our winter adventure in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Yeah, we got the Fan Bundance families January 13th to 16th. And then we got the Go Bundance Brothers. That's you, January 16th through 19th. And uh, we are definitely limiting this to 100 people. So definitely uh, get your deposit in now. Only costs a grand to put your deposit in. We are working on uh, a killer speaker list. You know, by the names again, if everybody likes Tucker. Garrett Gunderson is speaking, who wrote Killing Sacred Crowds and has an incredible company, The Wealth Factory. He's all about money and making money and saving money, investing money. And, of course, our boy Hal Elrod hopefully will be there, uh, dependent on upon how he's recovering. But he will be in Austin, too, by the way. So, you know, if you want to check out Hal, that's where he lives. So he should be there at the summer event there. Another reason to go to Austin. But we need... A group. We're putting together a group, and we want it to be GoBros. We don't want it to be elders. We want it to be GoBros because you guys understand, you know, oh, I didn't like that speaker last time, or I didn't like the way you guys did this, or this thing seemed like a waste of time. We really want your input. So we're looking at almost up to 10 GoBros. And the benefit is, you know, you get to help create our January event. And because there's 10 people, it's not like, you know, we're going to like stick you with a massive amount of work. We're just looking for your input and your creativity and your help a little bit and helping us put this whole thing together. And we want a lot of different opinions. So if you want to be somebody, one of maybe 10 or so people 
that helps plan the steamboat event, please reach out to Melanie, Melanie at GoBundance.com. And yeah, so anyways, we're already starting to work on some incredible trips for uh, 2018. And definitely you want to get your uh, bucket list items checked if you haven't already for 2017 because there's amazing things there. And one more thing, guys, please go to the Facebook page and just in the search bar, just type in Pillar Killer or if you look to the top, it's saved to the top and fill out the form that we have for Pillar Killers. And what a Pillar Killer is, is, you know, someone in the tribe, there's 130 members now of the members that you know, who is a person that represents our six pillars, age defying health. Boom. There's a guy in my head I think of already. You know, think of like an older dude that looks like a 20-year-old. Or think of just someone who is like daily doing what's right to live forever. Extreme accountability, boom. Who called you out on something recently? Nominate them, right? Easy. Genuine contribution. Who's out there giving back? Who's making a difference? Who's making the world a better place? Bucket list adventure. You know, who's out there getting the goods, as Timmy Road would say? Who's out there having fun? right doing memorable stuff taking pictures that if they died they would hang them up at their funeral around the coffin here's me on cager bolton rock here's me at the top of kilimanjaro who's doing these bucket list pictures right horizontal income you don't want to nominate someone for horizontal income if if their ratio is 10 percent you know Who's horizontal income pays their bills plus, 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 and authentic relationships? Who's, you know, who has an envious marriage? Really? Who has an envious marriage? Which one of the GoBros is having the most sex? Right? Or which one of the GoBros is getting the, the deepest relationships with people, has the most friends, is an incredible patriarch? That's a good one. Who's the best patriarch, right? For their family, who thinks like a patriarch? As we all should be thinking like patriarchs. Nominate that person. But here's the killer, guys. You can't nominate an elder. Elders don't count, right? Because everybody knows the elder, so they're top of mind. And it's too easy to nominate an elder. So no elders, please. No Pat, Tim, David, Rock, Mark, or Mike. Zip. That's it. Pick. There's 124 others to pick from. Just scroll through your Facebook friends. Nominate six killer pillars. Or at least just go in and nominate one or two. I don't care. And also, if you're tied, if you're like, man, this guy is, is hyper-focused on horizontal and this guy's hyper-focused, you can nominate them both. It does allow you to nominate more than one person for, for one category. So go and do it, please. Results to come in the future. It's a fun thing. So please do it. Thank you. That's it for now, guys. Grab Life Big Brothers. Grab Life Big. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm on cool. Me too. You're doing great. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. Is that my advice to you? I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Life big. All right, go bros. Welcome to the go bro room. Ready for some brutal authenticity with Mr. Matt Faircloth today. Matt, welcome <laughs> to Grab on, Life Pat? Big. What's going on, Pat? Glad to be here, man. 
Hey, Matt, why don't you give everybody a little rundown, like the day you were born until today, so they can get to know you better. <laughs> okay, cool. So, uh, all right, Matt Faircloth, born in Baltimore, Maryland. I was uh, I was adopted, and uh, I, I was born on October the 4th, and uh, ended up with my family that I grew up with in December of that same year, was in a foster home for the first two months of my life, and let's see, grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. I uh, was curious. I just, you know, went to went to college at Virginia Tech and stuff like that, and was curious about my adoption. And so I went back and found my birth mother through uh, the agency that my parents got me from, and was able to get reconnected to her. In like about a year or so after college, I got reconnected to her. Was living in North Carolina at the time. Moved to Pennsylvania because that's where she lived. She was in New Jersey, so I moved right across the water to PA. Uh, took a job transfer with a company I was with at the time. I was selling machinery for Ingersoll Rand at the time, and took a job transfer to Philly. Got to know my birth mother and her two daughters, which are now my, you know, uh, my my sisters that have all been, you know, we've all kind of become one big happy together. And I, they pretty much got absorbed into the family I grew up with, and now we're all one enormous big happy family. I found my birth father, but he denied contact. And uh, so I dealt with that for a minute. And and uh, let's see, met my wife when I was in Philly. And she was finishing up at Penn when I was still with Ingersoll Rand. She introduced me to Robert Kiyosaki's work, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Interestingly enough, during that period when I met Sean Lowry, fellow GoBro, who he and I stayed, remained in contact, but lost touch for, for a while there. And then he came back into my life about a year ago and introduced me to GoBundance. In between that time, I had quit my job in, uh, with Ingersoll Rand and gone full-time real estate as a full-time real estate investor, which is what I do now. I'm an I'm, I'm active landlord. I lead a team that manages properties through Trenton, and um, Trenton, New Jersey, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is where our portfolio is. And we also own larger assets that are managed by other people, uh, by you know, third-party management companies in central Pennsylvania. I am a father of two uh, with my wife that I've been married to for 11 years now, uh, 11 years since we met there in, in, uh, in Philly. And just rocking, man, building my real estate business. I'm an active house flipper and an active apartment building buyer and real estate deal syndicator. That's I got an active YouTube channel too, educating people on how to get into this real estate game without losing their shirt. Uh, that's it, man. That's the that's that's me. Jeez, man, you got a lot going on and a lot of questions popping up when you in your know, bio. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. There's a couple other GoBundance guys that are adopted. I just did Scott Crouch a couple days okay. ago. And he was adopted, and then and then cool. he just adopted, or not just, but recent his youngest he adopted. He's got four kids, three biological. Then he decided to adopt one. Okay. And anyways, how old are you? Forty-one. Forty-one. See, and see, I have a brother Timmy that was adopted, and he was oh, yeah? adopted out of. I have a brother and a sister. They were adopted, but my brother, my sister was adopted from China, but my brother was adopted out of Baltimore City. <laughs> it would be weird, but he's about 45. Okay. So let's see, four, is he seven? Maybe 43, but anyways, that would have been funny if he was 41 or something and you yeah, guys were the there at the same time or something like that. If I actually had like a that. twin. Yeah. If my brother yeah. did tell me about a twin brother that I had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
so that's pretty cool that you went back and you found your mom. Uh, you know, did you have reservations yeah. there, or what was that like? You know, okay, so my and this maybe goes out to gobros that have other that have adopted children or whatever i mean my my parents always told me i was adopted they used to have parties for me on the day they got me and on my birthday right mm -hmm. this is the day we got you and december 17th that's the day that they got me mm -hmm. and i was born on october the 4th and so it was never an issue with me, even though it was funny. I got teased about it as a kid hmm. and it's always been something that has been just a part of me. It's like telling me, you know, I, I got brown eyes too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm adopted. That's just been a part of me. I know other folks, you know, are not have struggled with having that as a part of their life. But for me, it's just been a part of me. And so I've always wanted to go back and do that search when I got older, when you gotta be 18 to do it. And so, uh, when I turned 18, I began that journey. And it took me five years to to uh, to get through the, the search to find her. So just because of bureaucracy it, or, or what? Red tape because my and also because my my parents uh, made me pay for it. And so I was a broke college kid, uh, and they made me pay for the search. Not like because we don't want to be a part of it, but because it was my journey, you yeah. know. And it's something yeah. they wanted me to really champion and not feel like they were doing for me, right? So right, right, yeah. There was times I was a broke college kid and didn't have the money to keep the search going, so I just you know would let it go and then pick it back up a couple of months later or whatever. And uh, yeah, so that's that's the way that it went. And I, they finally found her and. We exchanged letters back and forth, and then I met her the day after Christmas, 1999, is the day that mm. I drove up. From all, I was home for Christmas, drove up and visited my family uh, from North Carolina, where I was living, and then drove up to Philly and visited her, and we had a, had a great visit, and, you know... She's uh, she's great people. Still part of my life. She has multiple sclerosis, so I've become a help in her in her life and aiding her and and as she's you know as her health transitions and stuff like that. Because MS is a is a beast, man. I mean, it's it's a it's a yeah. rough condition. So so what was her story there? She's a doctor. She was in med school at the time. Yeah, she's a doctor now. Uh, she was in med school at the time and just had a whoops, man. I mean, just twenty. Two, 23 years old, just um, was, uh, you know, dating around, had had her heart broke by one guy and was on a rebound and ended up getting pregnant with another guy. And he was dating somebody else at the time. And so they just had a little fling or whatnot. And um, she ended up being pregnant. And, you know, I don't believe that he told his you know, family or whatever that he had gotten somebody pregnant. He just went and signed off on the paperwork, which is why he did not contact because I have his name. I've been able to, you know, you can find anybody on it nowadays on yeah page. absolutely yeah oh yeah yeah so google Fa they're on fucking want. facebook you know what i mean i mean like oh, everybody's yeah. there well it's interesting i did an interest this ancestry.com thing where you spit in the cup and you send it off yeah to, yeah yeah, yeah. Six, six weeks later they tell you what your nationality is and who you're related to well i did that a while ago and i found people that are related to him and that are you know related to me on there and i'm not exactly sure what to tell them wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute. okay so the yeah, Ancestry.com yeah. actually gives you names of people? So the way that it goes down is you spit in this thing, you yeah. send it off, it tells you, hey, you know, I'm, I, I'll, I personally am like 25% Scandinavian and then Italian and this and that, right? Right. And then if people have similar DNA to me where Ancestry.com sees that we're related, it will say, hey, you're related to this person, but it's not going to tell you their address and everything like that. It'll just say, it'll give you their username. Okay? okay, and their username 
it's not going to be like, you know, Pat Hyben that lives in Maryland. It's right. going to be, you, you know, yeah. whatever. You, whatever YG704 or whatever. You got it. That's okay. it. It's okay. an anonymous username. Yep. And so you can hit up YG704 and say, hey, it seems that we are related. And so Ancestry.com has shown me people that are like first cousins. Okay. And so they've reached out to me saying, Hey, I see we're related. Do you want to see my family tree? Maybe we can find out how we're, how we're connected. And I'm like, you know, I can show you my family tree, but we were not, (laughs) you're not going to see where we're related. So they reached out to you and then they shared their family tree and you saw your biological dad on it. They did. They did. They've, I have their family tree. They said, they gladly sent it to me. And I told them, Hey, listen, I'm adopted. And so odds are we're related but I don't, you know, I don't have a connection on my birth father's side, and he denied contacts. I'm really not looking to have them go introduce, you know, go invade this man's. Well, life how, how did you like know that. it was him, though? I've got his. I know his full name. I, I don't know how did it did it say did it shine bright red or I mean you know what I mean? So they send you this family tree, how, yeah. and there's twelve people on there. How do you Let's know? Got the names in there. It's got the names in there. The family tree has names on it, right? So, you know, YG104 sends me their family tree, and it says, you know, the family names. The surnames of people are on there. And so you can look at that family tree, and if I know the man's name, I see him on there, right? So and, it and actually that. shows as, like, ab- right above you. Like, it can't Correct. be – it's you can't be getting it mixed up. If you had three brothers, yeah. it's not going to – But Ancestry.com doesn't put that together for you. It doesn't say, hey, Matt Faircloth, I see that you belong right here on this tree. All it does is say, hey, we see you're related to YG-103, and then they leave it up to me to figure it out with that person, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. it's not – it doesn't impose or say, hey, I think that you're this person's brother. It just lets you know what percentage related you are to someone. So have right? you ever found yourself like uh, you know, not sleeping at night, going on the computer, and then like stalking him and stuff like on Facebook, no. LinkedIn, that sort of thing? No. No. Well, he doesn't have a Facebook profile. Okay. So you did look. Yeah. <laughs> so I heard. But uh, no, I, I – uh, Right, but no, he's. Uh, I I don't want to get too much into his person into where he's at, but I do know that he's not, he's not on the grid. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, like he's he's not uh, in in a profession that puts him right out and or easy to uh, like you, you kind of like in, in the forefront in society. He's kind of tucked away, if you will. So he's uh, it, it, you can find out a little bit about him, and he is an MD. But his his proud, I'll say this: he's a he's a general practitioner at an Indian reservation. So he's out in the middle of nowhere, out in the sticks at an Indian reservation, doing his thing, man, which is very cool. But you know, he denied contact, so it's just something I've had to digest and be okay with. And so I don't. Um, I'm blessed, Pat, in the fact that I've been able to get connected with my birth mother and my two sisters. Like that, my my two half sisters, they're my sisters. My two sisters from the from the adoption were my bridesmaids at my wedding. Right? Wow. One of one of them's the godmother to my daughter, to my son. You know, they are my two, pretty much some of my two best friends in life, and I've been able to get reconnected. My birth mother's great people too. So I just I'm blessed. I got that. And so this other guy, my birth father, does have kids that are technical that are my half siblings and whatnot. But I'm very blessed already, man. I'm I'm very lucky to have what I have. Yeah. And to have that well, connection. I, I know right, a lot yeah. of folks that are out there that are adopted can't say that they have that connection like I do. So I don't want to disregard the blessings I have. So sure, sure. Hey, man. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. But uh, it does curiosity. I can't. You, but all that being said, you're right. There is curiosity that kicks in every here and again because you can't help but wonder, right? Well, it's funny. So. My, you know, 
you know, my brother, who's actually a Cherokee Indian, and there must have been, you know, do you have Indian in you? No. Okay, I thought, you know, he was at a reservation, so I thought that might be a connection. But anyways, uh, there was some tribe or part of a tribe in Baltimore somewhere at some point or somewhere near there. But Oh, they, they were everywhere. They, they were in Baltimore. They <laughs> yeah. were in Indiana, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's never wanted either. He's like, even to this day, he's like no interest. He like this very far. He's very indifferent. He's just, nah, I'm hmm. good. I'm good. My sister, on the other hand, was curious, and I actually funded her search and, and and we actually succeeded in that and her and i and my two daughters and she has three daughters all of us went to uh, taiwan taipei taiwan and met mm. this massive family of like 30 oh, they picked us up on this bus like this greyhound bus and we spent like a week with them nonstop. It was like this incredible celebration that they had oh. finally found her. Because she was 11, you know, when she went to the States from, from Taiwan. So, oh. Um, so they had always recalls. known, like the whole family. She remembers being there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. And she had pictures. Oh. They, oh, trust me, they confirmed it. I mean, we, you know, it's a, you know, the story goes that I just coincidentally had bumped into somebody that I did not know. And I started telling, and they were Taiwanese. And I said, I have a sister that's Taiwanese. And we started talking and they said, I'm going to Taiwan in two weeks. And, and I said, well, yeah, I said, well, hopefully I'll be there someday because my sister wants to find her family there or whatever yeah. and i said i'm gonna hire a private detective and they said dad don't worry about that they's like you know it's not that big of an island you know they said let's just give um give me their information now little did i know is that when you're when you're when you move in taiwan you have to actually notify the authorities so wow you, so it's not like here where you could just move all over the place is it considered a Socialist country, communist country, what's it, their... No, China's communist, but um, Taiwan is, you know, likes to think of themselves as independent. They're a little island right off of China. Oh, right. Okay. And so there's a conflict there, but still they, they keep track of their residents. So what this lady did, who I didn't even know, by the way, is um, she took the information from me, brought it over there, went right to the authority who literally within a few days went to her uncle, who she had uh, his name, she had a business card that he had given her before she got on the plane. And he said, hold on to this if you ever need me. And 39 years had passed. Get this. She's, she's 54 now or something. So 39 years had passed and she was turning 50. And yeah. suddenly she gets an e she gets an three emails in a 24-hour period from her three long-lost sisters. Oh, my God. Yeah, all older. And she was the youngest and uh, uh, being taken care of by her grandmother, and her grandmother, you know, was getting old and couldn't handle it. So she had, like, given the, the youngest kid away. And in the meantime, in that 39 years, the whole family had developed this story about can you believe what the elders did? The elders, you know, got rid of one of our, you know, family members sent to America and never seen again and all this stuff. So, Pat, this is a book. <laughs> yeah. This is like another, have you seen that film Lion? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, I love it. Yeah. This yep, is that was another a great movie. version yep. of that, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah this, is, uh, this is a fantastic story, man. I'll send you some yeah. um, 
pictures some video he took it was I'd so love to see that. it was so I'd manic i mean they were just crying and then, of course we didn't speak any you know taiwanese but i paid for a train it cost me 55 grand but i just said you know what this is so special that i'm gonna just uh make this the whole happen. thing or the, 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 whole, the thing. whole thing yeah because i paid for you know because these are all teenagers i had five teenage girls i brought you yeah. know with me and my sister and and you know and so anyway so um you know not that this is a slight tangent but it's still good because it ties back to go abundance right it's such a great blessing that we're able to do stuff like that for loved ones. Because if you were living hand to mouth, there's no way you're dropping 55 grand to reconnect your sister with her family in Taiwan. Yeah, right. And there's a probability, maybe she figures it out with that pet high bin in her life, right? But there's a pro, there's a strong possibility that she doesn't make that connection right. and doesn't get to live that without you yes. able to cut, right. being able to cut that check. And so. That's what one of the gratitudes never. that She'd I have never that went I there. She might have huh? found them and pen paled them or something, but right. she would have never gone there. She could have Skyped them yeah. or something like that. But yeah, I yeah. mean, to be able to do that and to have the interpreter and the bus and the whole thing and to have a generous brother that's able to do that. I mean, that's, I mean, A, that you're not like uh, a hoarding wealthy guy, which I don't know anybody in GoBundance <laughs> that's, that's a hoarder. I mean, everybody in GoBundance that I've ever met is willing, you know. It gets the law of of reciprocity and and everything like that. So it's it's a it's just it's a cool blessing to be at that level in life. That not that I'm writing fifty five thousand dollars checks for anybody in my family just yet, but uh, but that I'm able to do givebacks. Yeah, uh, for people that I care about, and and that you're able to do that, and that's inspiring. And I'm glad you put that out here yeah. because. I, I think that's an inspiration of what we can do as wealthy men to give back to people we care about and give them like epic experiences and memorable, memorable moments like that, you know? Awesome. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. So let's, um, I think it was Brandon Turner who, I, there's one other go bonus process. And I talked to so many people that I can't keep them straight, but uh, with my other podcasts and with this, but I think Brandon's uh, one of his bucket list item is to adopt a kid. Yeah, um, it was. I listened to that one. I okay. listened. I, I listened okay, to your good. show on the treadmill, Pat. Just so you there know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into some nitty gritty. So, um, what percentager are you, Matt? Thirty-eight. All right. Awesome. And uh, what's your net worth? Uh, one point seven nine seven eight four. <laughs> one point. Let's just say one. <laughs> let's one, just say one eight. There you go. What's your horizontal income? Horizontal income right now is forty k. Okay. And uh, what's your left to invest? 85. All right, cool. And so what's your vertical income? Too high, uh, 150. Okay. Um, I got I, I want to flip-flop those, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. All right, and what is that, a salary or? Yeah, so, well, okay, I'm a... I, I'm an active real estate guy, so uh, what I what I spend most of my time doing is either syndicating apartment building deals or facilitating fix and flips. And so I the, the forty that I make is just straight like passive that that I make off my syndication deals, not fees or anything like that. Um, we're off of assets that I own directly. The 150 is off of fix and flips. As you know, when you syndicate a deal, there's fees that you make in there and stuff like that. And also I pay myself a very small salary out of my management company because I don't want too much W-2, but I do take a small W-2 salary from the, for the, from the management company that I own as well. So now on the, um, on the fix and flips, 
how are you involved in them? Like what, what is your role? So this is a few that I have together that I, I pretty much broker the deal, but they're, they're work and they're not, and it, it's not a residual thing that happens forever. It's, you know, you do work and then they hit and some, and it's a bit of a, sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. Do you, you know, oversee the they, management of it and the, and you know, do you, do. are you the guy that goes and looks at them? I, I used to have my in, an in-house construction team with like 13 employees and that was just more overhead than I wanted to have. So I ended up dissolving that. Uh, now I run it all through general contractors. So I oversee the GC and there's a few that I'm doing some stuff in Philly now where I'm really just funneling. I, I assemble a deal and investors capital and financing capital. I put the whole thing together with a bow on it. And then I have an implementer. I call it implementers. So I have an implementer that implements my vision of, okay, I want to build a house or I want to, you know, do a gut reno. That implementer could be a general contractor or it could be another equity partner that's just putting in sweat equity to get their share of the deal. So I, it's really oversight and management, but it's not passive where I could do it from anywhere. It's, I'm maybe being a little hard on myself, but it's not, it, it's not, it's not a hundred percent hands off activity. So I don't call it horizontal. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I think what I decided with somebody else on the show was that if you're just the investor and you're putting up the money and I do some of these, uh, yeah. every year that, yeah. that that's horizontal. But if you're actually going out there and managing the, the GC and the, you're looking at them and, you know, meeting the agents sure. and all that stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, and, so and, and, and I'll give you another big example because when you're, if you're putting money into flips or whatever as an investor, if you're investing in a syndication, you're probably not putting your sponsorship on the line as a, uh, on the loans or, or personal guarantees or whatever, Yeah. which if we're, if we're borrowing money from the financial institution, which we are on, on some of these, I am personally guaranteeing. So you uh, are. Oh yeah, sure. So to me, just for that, because I'm, I'm, it's, I, I wouldn't call that a passive investment if I'm putting myself at risk like that. Right. So, um, hmm, that's it, to me, that's that's well, vertical. Well, I don't yeah. know. I mean, just because you signed a note, I don't think because yeah. you could say that with mortgages too, right? That'd be like, oh, if you make five hundred bucks on a, a rental property a month after the mortgage, just because you signed personally for it, that doesn't make it not horizontal. That's true. You know? You're right. You're right. Okay. On the flips, I guess it's it's more because there's a um, more fiduciary responsibility to it. And I mean, I guess on a passive investment, that's there too. But you're allowed to take your hands off a little further because you do have a third party manager in there on a on, on a rental. But so okay. So tell me about your apartment. So like, what? How many apartment yeah. buildings do you have? We have a hundred and sixty units right now. Okay, and so one hundred sixty units, and how many? different complexes is that that is so a lot of that is small sfr i, I got started small I, i'm not one of these guys that got in and started buying apartment apartment yeah. complexes out of the gate a lot of that is single family residential a lot of it is just small mixed use buildings like four family two family three family in there little hodgepodge stuff they're great cash flowing like they make a lot of a lot of cash flow and I syndicate even I even syndicated small stuff like that, like you know four units, five units, stuff okay, like so that. Okay, so when you say we, what's that mean? Well, my wife and I. Uh, Your wife and I. Okay. Yeah. So shouldn't it be more than forty four thousand dollars a month though for all those units? 
No, because we is also the folks that are that are in, in, involved in the syndications with me as well, right? Mm-hmm. So we own a 49-unit apartment building out in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay, not too, not too far from you. Love that out place. In, I've been out there. Out in the Amish country. Yeah, my yeah. Uh, sister-in-law used to work at the hospital there. Oh, okay. Lancaster okay. General, yeah. It's beautiful country out there. So, so yeah, I, to correct myself, when I say we, I mean we, like my wife and I and my investors, right? So Okay, that, so you bought you like? that as an example. Is that the biggest one you have? That is. Okay, so you bought a 50-unit apartment yep. building in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. What's something like that cost? $3.35 million. Jesus. $3.35 million for – yes. f- are they nice? They got to be pretty nice. It's beautiful. Huh? They're yeah, they're bi level with spiral staircases and exposed brick. It's so a converted factory building. They're like townhouses almost. Two levels. Almost yeah. yeah. My my vision one day is to break them up into condos because they're they're of that finish, stainless steel appliances and everything wow. like that. Okay. So, so they're they're class yeah. A buildings kind of like uh, not the building yeah. but the, the units. Yeah. Okay. I and, mean and so how'd you do that? Tell us, you know, for someone listening to be like, okay, sure. so how'd this guy do that? You know what I mean? I mean, you're essentially buying onesie twosies and then all of a sudden you go in and you're like three and a half mil. No, we worked our way up to there. So the the investment before that we raised, uh, let's see, I raised a half million before, before that deal and bought a bunch of uh, stuff around the Trenton Transit Center because I saw there's major changes in Trenton, New Jersey, where my office is uh, coming down the pipe around the train station. There's guys doing big they're, – they're, they're going to turn that area into the next downtown Baltimore around the Trenton train station. So I got in and bought a bunch of stuff around that train station ahead of the, the development curve, right? There's some, uh, um, there's some hybens over there in Trenton. That My dad's brother's family. Oh, if, yeah? If you ever run into – yeah. One of them's I'll a big, uh, big commercial broker. Oh yeah, uh, his name's Darren. Look him up. But uh, anyways, I, I get uh, I get sidetracked. But okay, so you like so I Trenton, and you just to, start. I worked buying. my way up to forty nine. Before that, I bought an eighteen unit in Philadelphia, and again, we syndicated all those deals, raising somewhere between three hundred to five hundred thousand every time we assembled a deal. The forty nine unit we did in Lancaster County, we assembled um, uh, a little over a million, about one point oh two five million um in private capital and bought that building and then took on a mortgage for the rest fascinating okay and then so on these you like this three million dollar deal you sign that note personally i didn't have to personally guarantee it it's not a recourse it's a non-recourse okay good and yeah. so how much money did you have to raise for that one point a little over a million now the 40 grand that i put i haven't realized any cash flow from that building yet so again I, I'm, I'm hard on myself none of that none of the cash flow from that piece of real estate is included in that 40 grand how, how long have you had it i've owned it for six months oh okay so it's brand new so yeah you're not yeah. gonna i mean there's not gonna be distributions at this point do you, do you do you have money to fix it up or was it turnkey it was slightly i raised i raised an extra 50 the prior owner man he really uh I mean, I still think highly of the guy, uh, the guy that owned the building, but he there's a lot that he didn't disclose to us. Like we bought the building, I, my vacancy projection was between two and three units to be vacant at any given time, right? So as soon as we closed, like three tenants came to us and said, "Oh, the the owner told prior owner told us that we could you know move out and you could keep our security deposit as our last month's rent." live-in property manager he had on site moved out you know and also informed mm. us after closing that she wasn't supposed to be paying any rent so we went from two vacancies at closing to seven inside inside of 30 days yeah right 
which you know the the average rent on the site's 900 bucks a month right so 900 by 7 that takes 6300 dollars a month out of your pocket yeah right and which it's is 20 almost 20 percent yeah you know vacancy yeah. right so there's that then you got to pay to turn those units right so you so you're down 6300 a month in cash flow and you got to go in there and turn all those apartments over so we had to figure some some things out and it ate into a bit of our capital reserve that we had and we raised 50 grand in uh, an additional just like call it like rainy day money or yeah, just yeah. Capital, oh, yeah. capital reserve right um, but the building was like the exterior was turnkey it's not like we were gutting and doing common areas or doing a roof or anything like that a lot of that was turnkey but the just in case money we had from the very beginning was uh, we, we got through a little more than half of that in the first couple of months in just turning apartments and, and propping the building up through the vacancy mm. so yeah fascinating that, that's people exciting stuff money now. We're What's making uh, we're making money now. Uh, we're we're actually over we're over budget on cash flow the last two and a half months. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Okay, so again we get sidetracked here. So, the, where's your life happiness index? It's funny. I I visited this. That's it's a really interesting conversation with myself that I had to go through there to go through that life happiness index. My average right now is uh, seven point two eight. Right. And I, I just don't, there's certain things I wasn't thinking about in my life when I went through the list. Mm. So like my, I, I'll give you a high one. My connection to God is a 10 because I go to church almost every Sunday. I, uh, I, my, me and my family do morning prayers every Sunday. We do a morning circle, uh, with my, myself, my wife and my, my three and a half year old son and my one month old daughter. And so I feel very connected to higher power right now. And so I'm a 10. Uh, very grateful. Gratitude thermometer is an eight, but then I'm a three on music and dance because I forget the last time I went to a live show and really let myself, you know, get into the music and, right. and, and I used to be into that. I used to enjoy that. And so I gave myself a three on that. And then let's see four on hobbies. Cause I really don't have that many hobbies right now. I, I'd like to get back into that. And romance is lower because, you know, we just had my, my, uh, we just had a one. Yeah. So that's, that's on hold for now, Pat. Yeah. 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 That's okay. Oh, we, we, pay sure do, we, we, we sure do love each other right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, you know, what would you say? And I'm guessing, um, well, I guess would be more overall the six pillars. All right, Matt. Yeah, yeah. What, which, which are you the worst at? What, what does Matt Faircloth suck at? <laughs> Okay, I would probably go, probably, that's why I think about this, uh, probably the adventure, a bucket list adventure right now, and it, it's just the reason for that is that I, I feel like with two young, young children, I'm working on, like, that's my focus in life right now, is on my business and my kids and my wife, and I'm, I'm telling my, it's probably bullshit, but I'm telling myself that, that it's not time for a bucket list adventure right now. Does that make sense? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you just it's had a baby, total, so it's understandable. I, I, I you, think that's, you don't want to get in a doghouse this quick, you know? I think it's bullshit, but but that's that's <laughs> why that's, that's the reason why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that I'm not there right now, but that's that that's that would probably be the one that I would call myself out on. All right, all right. And then wh which one do you think you're the best? The best would be the spiritual. And, and now, what about contribution? Do you have what's your give back ratio? I'm at. 14.5 on just money and then I did the 
Who do I, I listened to Pat Colleen, and uh, yeah. you and him went back and forth on uh, monetizing your right. time, which was really cool. And so I did that. I set and added up how many hours a year I put into volunteer work and stuff like that, and and I monetized that too. So I'm above 14. I probably throw another, say, 5% on there, and I'm bordering on 20%. That's great. That's too. a lot. I know. I said that too. I was like, wow, that is a lot. It's good for it you. So yeah. what are you giving to? Uh, we tie 10% to our church. I tithe. Uh, there's a not-for-profit that rents a large office space from me, and I do a give back. I credit a, a percentage of their rent back to them mm, that's uh, cool. as a donation. So they, you know, I charge them like I think it's like 2,700 a month, and I actually I give them a $300 credit each month towards their uh, their activity. They're again. Here comes a tangent, Pat. They are a not-for-profit that deals with foster kids, and as you, as we already know, that's something that's close to my heart. And so I, I, I do a, I give them a credit every month towards their rent because of because they're an awesome organization called One Simple Wish, and they, uh, they grant mm. wishes to foster kids. So I give them a rent credit. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. And and also there's other organizations that my wife and I give to um, that are that are near and dear to our heart. But we did, but the. Far and away, the largest is giving 10% of our income to our church. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So what uh, what are you weighing now? I'm at a buck 80. Where do you want to be? So just so you know, I was at 200 when I first joined GoBundance. There you and, go. Uh, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. I went down 25. Uh, and I, I picked five back up. You know, that's my baby weight. yeah all right so how'd you do that how'd you lose 25 pounds so i got on uh, my fitness pal which is a app you can get and i um feel my gopod brothers got on there too and we were you know tracking each other and that but i just logged my food so it started counting my calories or something at 40 years old i'd never counted calories of what i was monitoring putting my body so I realized that I was just putting more in my body than what I needed. It just sounds simple, but I didn't realize that I needed less calories than my intake at the time was. And so I did that and I started lifting weights again because I was just doing cardio when I did it. I was just, you know, running when I felt like it at the time and and staying at 200 pounds. And so when I started really monitoring my my calories and lifting weights, my, the weight just melted off. I was, you know, losing a couple pounds a week at, the, at a time when I was uh, when I was really in weight loss. Now I, I just want to maintain. I'd like to get. Wouldn't mind dropping five to get to one seventy five. Um, and I'm willing. I just I'll probably just keep monitoring my food and keep lifting weights. So, you know what I I found that similar sort of thing, and I think everybody's body is different. But for years I ran. That's what I did, right? Yeah. And um, yeah. you know I ran the Philly Marathon, Baltimore, D.C., Virginia Beach. You know I. And, and I, I was always out there running, trail running, and, and I yep. loved it. And I just started bashing my knees up. And and yeah. so rather than have surgeries or whatever, I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch. So I switched to yoga and I switched to uh, weight training. And I, and I lost weight. And I was talking to somebody about it. I can't remember who. And they, and they were like, well, you know, when, when you do that aerobic for years, and I did it for 25, 30 years, I guess your body just gets used to that amount of workout, yeah. you know, and you, no matter what you do, you, you don't burn any more calories. At least that's what happened to me. But then when I started building muscle, it, it totally reshaped everything. 
So. And it cranks up your metabolism, too. So there's some GoBros, too, that I, again, unfortunately, I forget who they were as well. But I got into a good banter on Facebook, on the on the Facebook page with them about, um, you know, ways to lose weight and ways to retrain your body and stuff like that. And it's just I had forgotten how much weight training does for your metabolism and for the reshaping of your body and just it just ups your base your base metabolic your base metabolic rate or whatever it is and so i started feeling a lot better now you talked about your knees and everything like that have you tried swimming i did yeah for for like a year i did swimming but then we moved you know i moved to south carolina i used to live literally next to an indoor pool like nice. I could walk there, so it was a lot easier. But yeah, I thought you were in Maryland. I thought you lived in I'm, Columbia. You know, um, no, I I was in. We bought a house in South Carolina near Charleston. I love um, Charleston. It's one of my it, favorite cities in the country. I love it there. I've used to. We used to vacation in Isle of Palms. I, I love yeah. that whole part of the world you got down there. Yeah, so. we're in Folly Beach. Nice. So talking about swimming, I didn't know how to swim. I knew I was coming up on forty. And I, would, I wanted to have a life skill that I could take on the rest of my life and, and, you know, for my health. And I knew swimming was that. And I've heard of people swimming into their 80s or however old you want to be swimming, you can do it, especially if you're swimming in a pool. So what I did was to light a fire under my butt, I registered myself for a triathlon not knowing how to swim. <laughs> when was you know? this? A couple of years ago, okay, I, uh, I I registered for a triathlon and taught myself how to swim during the uh, during the train you know during that training period. Like I was, it was like January that I registered, and the triathlon was in July, and so I through six months taught myself how to swim by going to the pool, taking lessons, doing that whole thing and everything like that, and just and learned how to swim. So that that's I could awesome. Do a triathlon. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, later in life, learn how to swim. I mean, because most yeah. people, they, if you don't learn by 15, pretty much you're not going to learn because you're too, you're too cool. You know what I mean? No, no. It's, it's, not, it's, it's actually not a cool sport. You know, it's not anywhere near as cool as football and everything like that for the kids. And I, I'm, I'm committed to my son learning how to swim. Yeah. A, because you never know. I mean, I plan on him spending a lot yeah, of time 100%. We, poolside we, hanging out. You never know. If he you know, just gets bumped into the pool, I want him to know what to do with himself if he falls in or it something was, like it that. It was a given. And I, I mean, I'm from a family of five. And yeah. you know, we all, like by five years old, we were all swimming. That was uh-huh. kind of the game. Same thing with my kids. We you know, made sure. I think it's key, you know? Yes. Well, there's swimming. There's like, you know, horsing around with your brother in the pool, you know, and treading water and stuff like that. And then there's like, you know, swimming, which is like, you know, doing the butterfly and the strokes and being able to swim more than a lap to or swimming for fitness, which I, I had to teach myself how to do, which is uh, a thing. And and I and so how'd you do in the triathlon? I didn't do too good in the first one that did I did. You panicked uh, in second, the lake and <laughs> I've done two. I've done two. Okay. No, I, that, that's the problem. They they should call swimming in a pool something different because it's not really swimming. Like true <laughs> swimming, you know, they should change the name of that. Because that's really cool. You can keep your eyes open and nice black lines there and they caught the you know, and you're in a chlorinated pool and stuff like that. Uh, but swimming in the ocean or in a lake is a whole different ball of blacks, man, because when you get your head into that water and you can't see, um, <laughs> when you open your eyes and you can't see anything in front of you and you see a little flash in the ocean and you think it might be jaws or something like that. I mean <laughs> you know? Did you get pulled into a boat? Right, I did. You did, did. yeah, yeah. I've seen. I've never done a triathlon, but I've watched a bunch, and I always watch them. Just like, yep, there's another guy yanked into the boat, yanked into the boat. What happened? You just raised your hand. You're like, dude, I can't go. Can't do this, man. I freaked out. I panicked, and uh, they pulled me out the first time. The second time I finished, uh, that I did a triathlon. But uh, the first time, they they let me 
spike and run still the first time that I did it. So they oh, let really? me have some dignity, you know. <laughs> but they threw me on a pontoon boat and boated me over to the shore. Boated you over, but you didn't get a medal, or you just, you know, you basically no, yeah, just. There was like a, it was like an asterisk next to your name, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, what did you kind of like just have like a panic attack, like in the middle of the water? Yeah, I did because the uh, you st- well, here's the thing: if you're swimming and you start panicking, you're done because you what the first thing you do. What happens when you panic? You start breathing heavy. You start hyperventilating, and the one thing you have to have under regulation when you're swimming is your breathing, because and if you don't, you're, you'll over oxygenate and just throws your throws everything off. It's just like when you're running, you got You don't you might not even notice when you're running, but your breathing starts to get into that heavy in and out. Right. We're swimming. It's, it's cognitive. You have to think about it because your your head's in the water. So if you start panicking, you're done when you swim. And I did. And because the it, also you're swimming with like a guy right next to you and like he's bumping into you with his arm and you can't see because you got your head in the water and, and you know, cold. And the, the waves, yeah. right. The waves slosh up and you get a mouthful of water and everything <laughs> like that. You know, it's a it's, it's a blast. So. I, I didn't do anywhere near enough open water swimming in my training. I did all pool swimming. Uh, so I just wasn't ready for it. So second triathlon was in the ocean. And I, and I don't live too far from the ocean, so I was able to do a lot of, uh, a lot of ocean training. So I did, pretty, I did well in that one. Oh, is that like the Jersey Shore triathlon or something? That's it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's called One More Try, which is a um, triathlon that benefits uh, Special Olympics. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. That's cool. Okay. So uh, let's talk about your greatest hits album. So, you know, music stars all have greatest hits. Um, <laughs> what are Matt Faircloth's greatest hits? Um, meeting my meeting and proposing to my wife. Um, it's one of the smoothest moments of my life. And, and just realizing that if I ended up with her, uh, my life was going to be, was going to end up really well. And so latching on, you know, uh, us, us, uh, hitching wagons together and, and just taking life by storm has been great. Having our two kids, of course, and everybody, you know, everybody has kids say that, and that's because it's a life transformative to have kids. So meeting my birth mother and my two birth sister and my, my sisters, uh, has been life transformational as well that I would put in my, my memoirs that, and having the cojones to quit my job and start my real estate business full time and not, you know, not just to, not just swim with the rest of the fish, but to observe the masses and do the opposite and, and to peel off and start my own company has been a, a, a big life moment too. That's awesome. What, what about future? What are your future greatest hits? I uh, closing on my first unit, my first more than a hundred unit building, taking my wife to Italy. Let's see. Those are two off the top of my head uh, that I want to do. But I mean, I just want to continue to live life and um, just travel a lot with my kids. We're looking for to do alternative education with them, maybe mm. homeschool, maybe homeschooling with them. Um, I'd love to pick some more GoBros minds on or mastermind on ways to raise children alternatively so that we can travel with them. You know, okay, so it's kind of like everybody. Wow, you're just gonna have to wait for the episodes um, because yeah. there's been some good ones that have come up recently about doing that for a year. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like a lot of people are on that kick. You know, I mean, how can I take my kids and my family and go somewhere long term or go all over the place long term? You know. And not just that, but also I think a lot of the, the, the secrets out that the the schooling system we have in this country is not really preparing children for life. It's preparing them to be work to be factory workers the way that it was designed, you know, a hundred years ago. Mm. And so I'm looking to prepare my children for 
a full spectrum of life. And that means like emotional intelligence, physical intelligence, spiritual intelligence, you know, uh, just giving back, just really the, the pillars of life uh, that they're not going to get, the pillars of abundance really that they're not going to get anywhere near from the schooling system. And there's just alternatives out there. So I'm, I'm down with finding a way for me to... <laughs> give that to them. Additionally, I, I'd like to find a one-year program to put them into so they don't have to take all summer off, uh, where they're in like a hmm. six weeks of six weeks of education and three weeks off, like or like eight weeks, you know, eight and three or six and three, you know, where, they, where like year-long schools do. And then I will live that lifestyle too, where I'll be work for six weeks and then take three weeks off and, you know, do this, you know, be on the same schedule the kids are on. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I look so. forward to watching you do it, buddy. Yeah, bring it on. So, um, all right, let's do this plane question. So you've oh, heard it on the other ones, right? So yeah. so your plane's going down. You I've see the smoke. everything, by the way. So. What's that? You've been rehearsing, <laughs> in, rehearsing in the it. mirror? All right, buddy. Don't blow it. So go. Okay. Cool. Uh, so the call is to my wife. And uh, it's, hey, honey, it's for one last time, I love you. I, I've told you that almost every day of our lives that I love you. And I'm going to tell you one more time now. And you know that I do. And I know how much you love me. And I'm sorry that I didn't get a chance to do the victory lap with you to, for, the, to, for the fruits of all the labor that you and I put in all these years. And um, I'm sorry it's ending like this. And we've, it's not how we envisioned. And we envisioned doing that victory dance and, uh, and all that together with the kids. And I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry it didn't go down the way that we wanted it to. I'm sorry it's happening like this. But it's been a great journey and a great ride together. And there's no one else I would love to have as my life partner with you. And, I, and I'm just grateful to have you in my life. And I'm grateful to have the life that we've had together up until now. So thank you uh, for, for that and for being there for me. And, and, you know, through our faith, you know that this isn't an end. This is just a transition. So, you know, I'll be here with you in a different state. And I acknowledge that. Uh, and I'll be there with you. Uh, don't forget to give the kids uh, the passwords to their emails when they get old enough to read them. And know that I'll be there for them, too. Awesome, dude. That that was deep. So, so a couple of things. What is the victory dance and the victory lap? What's that about? So, I, I mean, life is. There's a lot of victories in life, but I mean, I'm talking about when 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 I'm a hundred percenter, uh, and and we're able to just do more epic journeys with each other, and when the kids are older, and we're able to. Um, to do more shit, like, you know, travel and go to Machu Picchu. That's one thing that I haven't done yet that in my life that I'd like to do is to go to Machu Picchu with my wife. And so just stuff like that, really like just unplugging and enjoying life for longer vacations, spending more time away, like weeks at a time away from, from work and the business and everything like that. Call that the victory dance. Because although uh, we live a good life, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm fully reaping the fruits of all my labor over the last 11 years of being an entrepreneur yet. I'm almost there, but I'd like to do more of that in, in the, over the next five to 10 years. So if that makes sense, that's what I mean by the victory dance. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, and you've, and you've been sending them emails like in a journal that they're going to read later. I mean, what's that? Yeah. About? So the day my, both my two kids were born, I set up a Gmail address for them. It's funny, you got to lie to Google and tell them that they're 18 to have an email address. So I just set up a Gmail address for my son and for my daughter. And every here and again, I'll just send them an email. Like the other day, my wife was holding my daughter in her, um, in one of those little sling things, like a cloth they wear around their shoulders. Yeah. And they, and my wife looked just adorable. And so did my daughter, had a little head poked out. So I just took a quick picture and I sent it to my daughter's email. 
Mm. And I just said, you know, hey, here's a picture of you and mommy. Copy my son on emails every here and again, and and um and sometimes I'll just send him a line if it's a funny story that I might that I'll probably forget to tell him when he's like 15 or 20 or 35 or whatever. Just something funny he'll say, and I'm like, you know what? Let me just share this with him because life keeps moving, and my son will never know me at 41 years old, and so I want him to get to know me. Uh, at 41. I mean, he's three and a half. He's, he'll probably remember daddy, but his real cognitive memory of his father will be when he's much older. And so I want to give him a bit of myself now. And God forbid, if I really ever am on that plane going down, I want my kids to know something about me Mm. as a, as a time capsule. And so now have you done the, the actual time capsules? Mm -mm. There's, um, I did it. Uh, Mark What'd Schwag, Mark Schwager did it. Uh, Saul Z did a whole bunch of Go Abundance Brothers. It came up, came up at a mastermind. We we're talking about it, and a whole bunch of people went out and bought it. I I don't know what it's called. It's like mytimecapsule.com or whatever. You, they're like trash cans. They're like big um, popcorn containers, right? Ice cream containers. Mm-hmm. You order them online, and um, you get all kinds of people to put letters in them. And then they open them when they're 21. And my daughter, when she turned 21, she she recently opened hers. And there were letters in there from um, her grandfather and her grandmother who have since died. They died when she was like six years old. Wow. So she really didn't know them, right? She saw pictures of them. And they both wrote her letters. And uh, it was it, it's, it's really cool. She still has it today. Uh, look it up. It's this cool, and they direct you as to what to put in it, and you put you know a bunch of stuff in there. And uh, I've heard of that, and I didn't know that's what it was called, but I'm totally going to look into something that. Something like because, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd I mean, also you know, be afraid we, that Google would like would be like, well, you haven't opened this in X amount of years, so we're canceling it, and then everything. Well, gets deleted. what you do is you can you link your like uh, there, there's a behind that email address that you give them that's like the quote unquote owner of that email. Uh, and I gave them my email for the uh, for those. So if they were to cancel them for non-use, then they would send me a line at my personal email to let yeah. me know. Hey, by the way, we're going to be uh, canceling this. So and I figured Google, you know, is a juggernaut that'll probably be around fifteen twenty years from now. You know, so absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I also have um, I do two different types of journals. I do you know regular writing journals, but then I have one called Day One because I have. Um, I have some kids that I've kind of mentored since um, for like seven years now, and um, yeah, and I've uh, got um, this little thing called Day One, and you can drag pictures in it, and you can you can um, cut and paste emails or, or screenshots or or just type, you know, and uh, and it creates like this little visual journal. It's offline, so no one else can read it, but it allows you to drag stuff in it from online, if that makes sense. I've heard of a, I've heard of that, and I heard you mention that you mentor, um, you know, some local kids in your in your area, which I think is really awesome that you do that. Yeah. Mm. Well, listen, Matt, this has been awesome, buddy. We we've had some deep ass uh, conversations yeah, here in the GoBro room. This is uh, this was a good one, so I really appreciate you coming on and being so candid and uh, being willing to, sub- to share. 
you and I got it. You, you and I got in the submarine together. You yeah, know? <laughs> absolutely. I love it. I love getting on the submarine with people. That's, I love it too. That's the true. Yeah. That's the true currency in this bankrupt world. Right yeah. Now. yeah, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this too. I, I'm a newer GoPro, so I appreciate you, uh, you know, giving me the spotlight and that. And this has been a great conversation. I'm looking forward to having more with you, brother. All right, you too, boss. See ya. Grab life big.